and welcome to another installment of Behind the Fourth Wall, the podcast where we review and discuss movies, trailers, TV shows, and everything else pop culture. In today's episode, we'll be doing a double feature and talk about our thoughts on Transformers Rise of the Beasts, as well as The Flash. My name is Emmett, and as always, I'm joined by my grimace, shake, and loving enthusiast, Ivan. It's the, it's, I think it's every two or three years that we get some sort of promo like that, and I always hop on the trend. McDonald's is a... Uh great at just you know capturing the wild the crowd wants you know <laughs> but doesn't need a mcrib dude wait is the mcrib is now a year-round thing isn't it oh gosh <laughs> i don't even know this is gonna spiral me into like searching up what's on the mcdonald's menu it's nothing good it's a lot of like sawdust burgers oh yeah for sure for sure it's death <laughs> it's death at an affordable price though yeah, not so much anymore, man. Their thing was always that it was cheap, but it's like the same price as everyone else now. Hey, listen, I still remember the big and ta- the big and tasty or something like that. What was it called? The 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 big uh the big kids meal version of the Big Mac or something like that. And the dollar menu, they pushed that hard for a long time. Yeah, that's they still call it that, but it, I mean, there's three items on it, and they're all above two or three dollars. <laughs> what are we doing? No more. <laughs> we got to rebound. It's not even a full menu. It's the, at least it's food menu. <laughs> <laughs> the cheapest we can legally sell something to you. Dude, Are okay. you at McDonald's? Give me your give me your top three oh. fast foods. At McDonald's? Um, no, 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 just chains. Oh, chains. Fast food chains. Honestly, I think ever since our time working together, it's pro- like Chick-fil-A is probably top for me. Dude, it's still Pride Month. How could you? I mean... <laughs> The chicken ain't done nothing wrong, okay? <laughs> the, ch- the chicken's innocent in this. <laughs> let's not let's not focus on the chicken here, <laughs> okay? Yeah, that is a really delicious sandwich. And hey, shake. They, they got canceled for diversity recently, so I guess they kind of redeemed themselves a little bit, slightly. But they really, got canceled for being too diverse. They they had um I think they're they're like main account tweeted out that they hired a um leader of diversity or something like that it's like this hr position that's basically basically there to be like oh let's make sure we're being you know as welcoming and accepting yeah. and then everybody's like they get my to the wokeness not in my chicken house get yeah, that out of the get the cocks out of the hen house <laughs> like it's too woke for, for me i'll still eat the chicken though all right so that's your one um, number two will probably have to be, it'll probably have to be McDonald's, honestly, just given the, Rookie the move. iconicity of it. All right. Terrible uh, pick, but what's your three? This is a tough one, man. Um, I'll probably go with Popeye's to be honest. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think any fast food's all that good, man, to oh, be, goodness. to be honest with you. Let, let me, let me hear yours. You've crapped the bed, Ivan, and I'm not talking Amber Heard. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're going there. Okay. You hit the nail on the head with Chick-fil-A. I will give you that. You dropped the ball with two. Everybody knows it's Sonic. The best ice cream in the game. Pretty okay burger. You get your hot dogs there. Corn dogs. It's great. The drive through the park, and eat. No places are doing that. In my defense... As a New Yorker for most of my life, 
Yeah, you I've not seen life. the Sonic. You don't get that life. <laughs> I have not to, seen the Sonic. Here. Come out to Jersey, and me and Doctor Ben will treat you right. <laughs> I do have to make my way somewhere more cultured than this place. Here. And then number three, it's real easy, man. It's a it's a cute little girl with red pigtails. You know who I'm talking about? Wendy's. Oh yeah. Um, you got the Baconator, the the Dave's. Hot and juicy, a nice Dave's HJ. Hello. I was about to say, I don't remember any iconic sandwich coming out of <laughs> Wendy's. Baconator, man. It's a heart stopper. <laughs> it must have been for a few people. <laughs> they don't they don't mess around. Great fries as well. Plus a frosty. Nobody else is doing frosties. Dude, okay, let me ask you something because like I think outside of the friends that I grew up with, I had not I had only heard and seen this in movies, but the fries and the shake thing, is that, like, does it actually taste good? Have you ever done that? Or Have I ever? I do that every time. The best combination there is. I've never done that. Hot and all. salty in a nice ice-cold sweet? Woo! It sounds like a dangerous combo to me. But that, but that's me. Again. Yeah, you're getting type 1 and type 2 diabetes and one fails swoop there. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Like, I think at my age, it will definitely summon diabetes real quick. Yeah. Yeah, it's a. We'll skip the pre-diabetic stage. Just immediately, <laughs> diabetic post. diagnosis. You're post once you have a Wendy's frosty <laughs> yeah. and fries. <laughs> Throw a baconator on there. You're done for. Um. All right. Good. Good. Chat on the fast foods. I mean, it can get you more cultured, but all right. I'll try. Uh, what's, I'll try. what's going on, man? It's been a minute since we talked. It's you have anything uh, fun weeks. on the wall? Um. I've got a couple things. I feel like um, nothing that well. Okay, so I did want to shout out two things that are currently airing. Shout them out. First thing, and we're recording this on the 29th of June, so this just came out yesterday. But the um, damn, I forget the title of the of the thing. But the making of documentary for the season three of of Mandalorian dropped yesterday. Did it. Yeah, I and I got a chance this. to watch it last night. I I always love those, man. I don't, I don't know yeah. what it is. Like sometimes they're they're a little basic and stuff, but the little details that they share and the interviews are really really cool. And the fact that Dave Filoni had like a Ahsoka production hoodie on <laughs> lets me know that they it looks like they shot this recently and it wasn't something that they were shooting during production all that much. If they've already got merch, you know they're behind it. Yeah. But it, it's good, though. I'm, but I, I will say one thing. I miss when they were doing this week to week and giving us like six episodes of it instead of bunching it into like. A... Yeah. So what's the uh, what's the format like? Is it just like a behind the scenes or is it like that round table? No, it's a behind the scenes. And and okay. I miss the round table stuff. Like, all, like, yeah, I feel like they got really personal and, and like more like everything was kind of on the table with those discussions. It was, it was more analytical too. It was like stuff that you didn't think about, but like that they intended the shot to come across as, and you don't realize it until they like point it out, kind of thing. Yeah, but and they also got like very philosophical with the ideas from George Lucas about what he passed on to Dave Filoni and all that stuff. So I thought that was really really cool. Um, this one delves into they they get pretty deep too, but it's not nearly as as well done as the first seasons was, to be honest. Um, but the I did get um, or we we got some insight into some of the new directors that they brought on board for season three, and it gave me a little bit more appreciation for what they did for some of those slower episodes. 
Um, I didn't know the director of Minari was a director on this uh, on season three. I love that movie. I th- I thought that that was a really really well done film. I don't think it got nearly enough praise when it when it dropped two years ago. Um, but I they were they're very um. It's it's a bit of a club, right? Like going into the Lucasfilm directors uh, chairs there. I feel like they they're very selective about the people they they bring on board. But everybody that they talk to seem to know their stuff from a technical standpoint, and also seem to be like fans of the, of the franchise, which I, I always like to see because sometimes people tend to kind of jump the gun on things whenever something doesn't work or doesn't end up feeling the way that they want it. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it was nice to see. It was also nice to get some FaceTime with uh, John Favreau and Dave Filoni and actually getting both of them to feel a little bit more about what where their heads were at with, with this season. I don't think we got nearly enough press for the third season as we did the last two. I don't know if it was just me, but like I think there just wasn't a lot of promotion for it this time around. Yeah, I, I don't open the Disney app far enough. Uh, to spot these things and yeah I don't see it in the top scroll either so or like as like coming in next week or something um, which is a shame because those are really great episodes uh, of behind the scenes actions even like the Marvel's assembled ones are pretty good in that same light I've not they... seen those that much honestly I haven't seen one since um, Black Panther 2 you know what it is? Is the Jonathan Majors controversy with Ant Man two? I feel like that's what. Oh, Ant Man three. I feel like that's why they kind of held off on it. Was Doctor Strange before Black Panther two or after? Yeah, it was before. Maybe they did one and I didn't miss it. I don't know. But yeah, like those don't get enough or a lot of attention either. I love those, man. Like I, I don't know how I got. I like regularly get surveys from the Disney Plus. Uh, subscription thing on my email and so I take those surveys all the time and every time they ask me they're like what kind of content you want to see I'm always like behind the scenes behind the scenes behind the scenes you major nerd <laughs> I love that stuff though I, this is why I used to buy DVDs just to watch the <laughs> behind the scenes stuff <laughs> time to grow up okay <laughs> okay <laughs> okay <laughs> um, stop, stop taking surveys that you're getting from, from Disney but I can win the gift card for $25 <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, go for it then. Listen, they've given me fifty dollars in Cole's cash. Okay, so there that, you go. That's a heavy premium right there. That goes that goes a long way. It does. Which, by the way, this summer at Cole's, really really cool deals. Pop into your local Cole's, check it out. Some great Marvel tees and tanks in there, as well as yeah. Grogu's. And Grogu's. New Balance sneakers. Don't forget the New Balance sneakers at Cole's. You a New Balance guy? Yeah, man. I mean, like, you know. look more like an old bounce. Hey, oh, <laughs> okay. Sheesh, dude, I've got nothing on my wall. I have not been into like anything new. I've been watching a lot of like, uh, you ever come across Bob Does Sports on YouTube? I, no, it's a Doesn't golf channel. Know. It's just like they do these absurd golf challenges where they'll try and like eat a hot dog per hole or like take a fireball shot per hole. (laughs) They're just like stumbling or throwing up by the end of all these challenges. Uh, Yeah. I don't know something with it being golf season and just wanting that content. I'm just absorbing it. 
That's a lot of golf, man. That's more golf than I've. <laughs> this is more golf content than I've consumed. <laughs> I ju- it's it's also something about like YouTube where like the rabbit holes are real, man. I feel like I put that on my wall a while ago, but I had a whole different rabbit hole back then. And you just get these cycles of like the algorithm just feeds you exactly what you want to not leave. Yeah, I totally understand that. I was led down the rabbit hole of, I think I watched the Vice documentary on how Pokemon trading cards blew up during the pandemic. And then all of a sudden, I'm semi-interested in tracking down those old binders of Pokemon cards. And I'm like, dude, am I sitting on gold? Yeah, and then they like, and then you might want to try Pokemon Go and then try buying these video games. And then, uh, yeah, yeah, never leave us. <laughs> <laughs> then all of a sudden, I'm on that WhatNet service looking at people ripping <laughs> up cards online for three hours straight and it just doesn't stop <laughs> yeah it's uh well that specifically is like an insane racket uh genre there i do miss pokemon though a little bit yeah honestly it, some of these things are, are really like fun nostalgic trips every now and again but there, there's some that have, do have some staying power um I did want to shout out one other thing, and I thought that this was a um, this is a very loaded summer, <laughs> a very very loaded summer with a lot of movies every single week. Yeah, we have but, two in one episode here. We're, yeah. Too many. <laughs> but since we're talking the Flash in this episode, I did want to bring up the box office for it and just kind of talk about the DCU in general because I think it was a very interesting thing to see the box office for this film and then like almost immediately they're trying to kind of like sweep it under the rug and by announcing the casting of the new superman yesterday with uh, i think david cronswit i think is his name has been cast as superman uh which it's a young guy he definitely looks like a very young henry cavill though so part of me is kind of like uh, did you just replace cavill with young cavill <laughs> you know it's like is that all we we're really going for here Looks like um, he, to, he has to beef up though. This guy looks a little, a little too thin. I'm sure that'll be that'll happen pretty quickly. I mean, these Hollywood types tend to have their ways of doing that pretty, um, like on a, on a whim. To be honest, I'm but, not gonna go see it. I I only have one Superman. Is not it Christopher Superman. Reeve? No, it's the it's guy Cavill. who looks like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the other guy. <laughs> I honestly like we'll get into our thoughts of the flash in a bit, but I thought that the box office reflected kind of like the public's opinion of the DC universe. Say as a the whole. number. I think it opened I think it's like three hundred and sixty something million dollars at the moment, if I'm not mistaken. Here let me Domestically, um, after the third week, it's at ninety one million. For international territories, it's hundred and twenty three million. So in total, two hundred and fifteen million. That's for three weeks. That's lower than Shazam's. Shazam two, I think. Oh my goodness! I watched that on HBO a couple weeks ago. What a waste of time. <laughs> there's there's two hours I can't get back. <laughs> you know what the difference between that and this though are the fact that this one this movie cost a little over three hundred fifty million dollars because of reshoots, delays, and all the stuff. Whereas I think Shazam cost somewhere about sixty million dollars to make. Looks so, like where, well, yeah, but like, like box office wise, <laughs> this movie is going to put them in the negative zone quite a bit. 
It doesn't um, really matter to these guys, though. I think it does because of the way that they're like kind of seemingly ignoring th- these last couple films. Like they have little to no promotion for Shazam two. Yeah, we see, barely got any promotion for Flash. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Blue Beetle and Aquaman also get nothing of support. Oh my gosh, Blue Blue Beetle looks terrible. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I, I don't mean, know what to think. I love me Blue some Beetle. Lopez, but what are we doing here? <laughs> it's also a character I'm not very familiar with, too. You know, like it's a, it's a little bit of a risk. I'm willing to give it a shot just because it's new and and I personally am curious to see what they do with this kind of character, but. It just looks like Ant-Man and the Wasp combined. I don't know. I'm not getting Ant-Man and the Wasp vibes from it. I, I am it's getting... Literally the, like, a beetle. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. <laughs> this is Ant-Man, 3, Ant-Man 4. Um, <laughs> no, I just think it's interesting because I like there was some discussion that I, that I thought was uh, kind of interesting on, on social media about how... Why is it that people aren't going to go support this movie? Is it because of the Ezra Miller issue? Is it because of... Which I think that definitely has a factor in this. But I also forget, like, I'm a comic book fan. So I'm a huge nerd. I know, like, a lot of comic booky stuff, right? But So to me, The Flash strikes me as an A-lister character. But to the general public, he's not. There's only, like, maybe five or six superheroes that we can count that the general public will be pretty aware of, even if they're not super into this stuff. And the majority of those are Marvel characters now. Yeah, I think the other problem, too, is like what we were talking about at the beginning of this segment, where there's just so many options for movies right now that they're not cheap. Like, unless you're on the Stubbs plan or, like, whatever these movie pass are ones, like... I don't know, it costs $15 for me to go to a movie on a, any other night other than a Tuesday. And then if you want concessions, it's like another 15 bucks. So it's like 30 for a, a single person going. Like, I don't know, you you can't have, I'm going to see Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. I'm going to go see Transformers and The Flash. And I'm going to go see Oppenheimer and like Little Mermaid. Like there's too many. So people are picking and choosing, and it's clear that this is not a top priority. And so it was a mistake on Hollywood's part too to like think that they can stuff this entire month with it. They they really should have spread it out. And I think that the writers' strike now is going to leave us with the complete opposite problem next year, where there's going to oh, be yeah. very little going on. Or it's just going to be like it'll get resolved and then rushed to do a few yeah. projects to still reach this timing, and then just give us really poor quality movies and cgi and all that but speaking of the writer's strike and we don't get political here <laughs> one ahead. of the w- one of the movies that was affected from the last writer's strike quite a bit was a movie the second movie in the franchise that we're going to talk about today which is transformers um that second movie for transformers i think to this day was like completely unwatchable but revenge of the fall yeah what it's awful, man. Like, you can't tell me that had any redeeming qualities to it. I'm great, but it wasn't awful. The majority of that film was rewritten by Michael Bay because of the writer's strike during that time. Good. More control over the <laughs> plot in the film. He's not much of a writer, though, to be honest. He's not much of a director either. What do you want That's from him? True. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
you, you want to get into Transformers first because I feel like that's Let's the one that I'm looking with. forward to yeah, talking. That's the about. one. To, that's the, that's the, the heart pill we got to swallow here. <laughs> All right, what's its rating? It got a six and a half on IMDb. Um, do you have its numbers? We're talking box office. Well, sure, any any numbers I'll take. <laughs> All right, let me see. Um, $61 million domestic opening. I think right now it's sitting at about $346 million worldwide at the box office. It got a 54% on the tomato meter, but a 91% on the audience score. <laughs> that seems wow. about right, though, to be honest. Like, if you're going to see it, you love it. <laughs> Um, just give me your, I feel like we don't have to care about, um, spoilers or anything like that. Uh, these are not really like, oh, you spoiled it for me, but, <laughs> um, give me like your general or any like specific stuff yeah. you want to talk about. So I had hopes for this or hopes for this, for this film in particular, because of Bumblebee, I thought Bumblebee was actually a, a good movie. I thought it was a it was the first Transformers movie since the first one that I thought was decent. Um, that was directed by Travis Knight, who did, I think, uh, Kubo and the Two Strings and a couple of other stop-motion um, based films. But I thought he had a real handle of the characters. Going into this movie, my expectations were, if it's at least as good as Bumblebee was, I'll be satisfied. It wasn't. <laughs> but... It also, I don't think it was terrible. Like, I, I know there were a couple, like, scathing reviews um, for the film, and the, I think the critic consensus is, is kind of low on the movie. But I genuinely thought it was a fun film. Um, it had a lot of characters and stuff that I thought, I'd, it's been a while, like, honestly, I haven't really paid tr Transformers all that much mind. But the fact that they were introducing... The, some of the Beast Wars characters, I was really excited to see. And the visuals on that, that didn't disappoint me. The Transformers did not disappoint me. The one thing that I have to keep harping on with these films is I don't think we need to focus on the human characters all that much. They serve no purpose, uh, to me at least, right? And while this was a little bit of an improvement compared to some of the other stuff we've seen, it definitely wasn't like a Haley Steinfeld situation where there was... Um, some pretty good um, connections there. I had some problems with the plot, but overall, I thought it was an enjoyable movie. I surprisingly liked Pete Davidson by the end of the film as Mirage. In the beginning of the film, I found him a little bit unbearable, <laughs> um, but I started warming up to him about halfway through the film. Uh, but overall, I thought it was decent. I didn't think it was horrible. I, I didn't think it was as good as Bumblebee was, for sure, but um, it's definitely better than 80% of the franchise. So for that, I feel like I, I, I got my money's worth. My oh, my AMC A-list's worth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't say anything better than, uh, say anything else better than you there. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head for all those points. Um, I was a, a big Beast Wars fan as a kid, so I totally agree. I think seeing them come to life in the CGI of this movie was spot on perfect. And yes, the absolute worst thing that all these transforming movies do is like try and put humans on the same level of like, Oh, they can join the fight. Like, no, they can't. 
they don't deserve a, a heavy plot uh, in these movies. Um, I missed Bumblebee though because I couldn't. I had fatigue of like there's too many bad Wahlbergs in a row, and then I was like, oh, I don't know if this one's gonna be the same or not. So it did make me want to go back and rewatch or or watch that for the first time. I haven't yet since seeing Transformers, Beast uh, Rise of the Beast, but um if you're saying it's like up there i like for me without seeing that one i put this one as like probably the second in the long line of movies here after the very first one uh with shia labeouf but yeah i mean i i will give any pass to like kind of silly or stupid plot points like it's not what you come to the movies come to this movie for um it's all about the action and i thought they did a really good job with the with all the fight scenes of the transformers Were you surprised or taken aback by Pete Davidson? Because I, I thought that was one that kind of took me by surprise. I didn't do my research, so I had no idea he was even in this movie. Yeah, I, I also did the same. I didn't look into any of the voices or anything like that before. So, yeah, but he's also like, you can immediately detect it's him. There's all, there's oftentimes it's like, wait, who is that? Who am I hearing? But it, him, it's like, it's so iconic and recognizable. And yeah, I felt so out of place when he first showed up on screen. And then I think they made his character a bit more redeeming to save him as the voice actor. And I know they, I looked into it afterwards and I like, I know they chose him intentionally because like he kind of mirrors Mirage's personality within the, uh, the old comics before. So I get it and I'm okay with it. I'm not a huge Pete Davidson fan from SNL though. Kim K is though for sure. Still? Oh, so the tabloids say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was a little taken aback by him. Um but I thought uh I mean like the humans don't need big plots, but I thought the lead, uh Anthony Ramos or Ramos, was uh was pretty good in the role. It's just like his annoying little brother is like we don't need a little kid giving the inspirational speech when you have Optimus Prime in the background. <laughs> yeah. You got you have the guy that says with the most iconic voice out of that cast is still Peter Cullen as Optimus Prime. Yeah. Although Ron Perlman as Optimus Primal, I thought Ooh. that was great. I was like Hellboy's voice for for Optimus Primal, yes. <laughs> I I like Optimus Primal. Optimus Primal. <laughs> Just it's a little bit more correct. Um, the the villain for this film, uh, Scourge, was it? I think it was Scourge. Something like that, yeah. He, that wasn't the villain from from the uh, from Beast Wars, right? That because that was like a, a Megatron parallel, but as a T Rex. Yeah, this this is the only thing that I was like lost at almost immediately in this movie was like we're from a time before and after you. It's like wait, well, which is it? <laughs> So, like, I do remember it being like a Megatron uh, spinoff, just like um, Optimus Primal was the spinoff of Optimus Prime. But, uh, honestly, it's been so long since I saw those that, like, I can't remember the exact plots. But I thought this villain was interesting enough as, like, a kind of like a Silver Surfer role for the Fantastic Four. Actually, exactly like that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I I, th- I thought it was that kind of took me aback a little bit because I I was hoping to see a transforming T Rex, which I think yeah. we had before, right? Yeah, we've we, had that Age of Extinction. Which transformer was that? I'm trying to remember the name. Of it. That was um, I think that was also a Wahlberg. That was Age of Extinction was the name of that one. Um, and Stanley Tucci was like a major role in it. That's the one where they went to China. To, to China, right? And they like promoted all the Chinese brands <laughs> like non subtly in there. Yeah. They were really trying to capitalize on the international market. Grimlock, that's the name of the Transformer. That was the T Rex. There we go. See, every now and again they pull a name out of a hat and it goes He's got it. <laughs> He's got it in there, folks. He's unlocking his full brain. I the the other thing I, I did want to like touch on that little tease at the end with uh, Anthony Ramos's character getting that job. Um, yeah, Sector then, Seven. He, well, it's it's GI Joe. That's the logo. That oh yeah, it, to. it was GI Joe. So Why was that? Interesting that you say uh, <laughs> Sector Seven, because like, so I have a buddy of mine uh, was telling me that they were doing some test screenings. This is like maybe a couple months ago. And I had been invited to one of those, but I decided to pass up on that at that time because I, I was just doing a bit of traveling at the time. This was back in April. But according to him, that card in the test screenings said Sector 7. And I think that the studio was looking for a little bit more of a reaction from those crowds, and they didn't really give it all that much. Um, and at some point, I guess the decision has been made to switch to G.I. Joe to make it like a crossover with the with that franchise which it makes sense from a business standpoint because Hasbro is the owner of both of these licenses so i guess at some point if they want to do like their MCU style thing then that's that's it it just seems a little late to the game you know like it it would be interesting don't get me wrong but i just don't even know how they would fit both of those franchises <laughs> into having the same conflict you know like but it's yeah. weird I don't see the connection there at all, other than Hasbro. Um, and that's the other thing, too, with this movie was like, wait, I thought Optimus Prime was like a strong believer in humanity. And then this one, he was like, I've only had one mission is to get home. <laughs> like, he was very anti human in this. And well, this maybe... is supposed to be like before the Transformer movies that we've had before. Yeah, but like 10 years before, not like a thousand years before. Like, no, he this really is like, changes his mind in a decade. I guess so. In the, the 90s, right? Well, the other confusing... It's the 90s. For this, this one is in the 90s. But the other confusing thing is, like, the original Michael Bay Transformers movie made it seem like they just arrived on Earth, like, during right. that film. So, because when I saw Bumblebee initially, I thought they were rebooting the franchise. And they've neither confirmed nor denied it. But to me, it sounds like they should just stick to this being a reboot having Bumblebee than this movie and, and start afresh, right? But I, it, it's I kind of like the uh, like Days of Future Past. Like, yeah. So we're unwriting what we've seen and we're writing something new to come. Okay. The exciting part about this, though, I'm not I'm not so excited about a G.I. Joe Transformers crossover. Like, I'll still see it with my A-list account. <laughs> but sure. Um, the one thing that I thought was very interesting is apparently Paramount was very satisfied with the performance of the film, just given the fact that they didn't pour as much as Warner Brothers did on The Flash. Yeah. So the box office is yielding a good result for them. Um, and apparently it's making the rounds in in the overseas market. 
but um, they're committing to doing a straight out Beast Wars adaptation in the live action space within the, as the next film in the franchise. So just the just the Beast Wars plot, just those characters in the world that they normally occupy. So I am excited to see that as a result of this film. Did you have any like this is perfect Transformers moments within this movie? I had two. I feel like the Mirage police chase scene. That was cool. Was, you know, a perfect Transformers moment. Because it wasn't like the scale was way too big. And it also was like, you know, he's kind of like pulling his punches, almost just having fun with it. And then Bumblebee dropping back in. Yeah, I was going to say Bumblebee dropping back in was a great moment. But I think for me, the the moment that I thought was really a good mesh between. I just wanted to see Optimus Primal on the big screen all these years, but also the Optimus Prime that we got to know in the in the Michael Bay film has been a very vicious like Prime versus the cartoon Prime. Um, so seeing him and Primal take down that one Decepticon that was asking for it, <laughs> well, that was a pretty brutal takedown. Um, that I thought was really cool. From the transformation from beast mode to to, to robot form for for primal i thought that whole little sequence was great maximize <laughs> i just wish we got more of them man i i, I wish 70 percent of this film was focused on the on the beast wars characters yeah yeah but I'm, ultimately i would say you know it was a fun flick I, i'm glad i went to the theaters for it i'll say that me too i'm just I, I should have picked up that Optimus Prime popcorn bucket at AMC with the little trailer as your popcorn tray and the little um, truck at the top with the two straws <laughs> thing to put in your drink. I'll tell you what, though. It's not too late to miss out on getting the skin in Fortnite. <laughs> the segment brought to you by Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> I did just get my Optimus Prime skin. <laughs> uh, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. It should have right. at this point. <laughs> <laughs> You want to move on to uh, the Flash? Yes, yes. Um, okay. <laughs> I, so I, I, saw, <laughs> I saw this film a while ago, and I, I think I told you about it. I, I thought I enjoyed it. I thought it was. I thought it was good for what it was at the time. But I saw a like unfinished version of this, and so I got a couple of things to say on it. But I want to hear your thoughts because I like. I still stand by my assertion that I thought this was. <clears throat> a better movie than what we're normally seeing from out of the DCU. But that being said, that's not saying like a whole a low ton. bar. Yeah, yeah it, it's yeah. but like I would rather go see this over like Suicide Squad or yeah, I agree the other with that. Stuff. Yeah, this got an audience score of eighty four and a tomato meter of sixty four, so a little bit closer grouping on that than Transformers, and I'm probably a little bit lower than the audience score, but higher than that sixty four rating. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I think this movie tries to be really funny. And, I don't know, the humor from Ezra Miller just doesn't really land for me. And maybe it is one of those things of, like, am I supposed to like Ezra Miller or not like him? I don't think I'm supposed to. So I'm going to, like, not laugh at the stuff he says. Um, plus, like, I don't know, I think the Ben Affleck stuff didn't really fit in here that well. Like, I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to tie it into the old um, 
Justice League and like what happens next for all these people. But it's almost like, why is this what happens next? It doesn't really make sense. Plus, it's like, all right, you're buying me into tying it to the other movies. But now it's like, this won't tie into the future movies that you come out with. So immediately they kind of lose me there. Uh, plot wise, though, I, I actually kind of liked it where, you know, it's the reverting and changing history and um, kind of taking this like back to the future approach of you've created a new timeline instead of, you know, just changing the, the future of whatever one you came from. So I like that. Um, I thought, I think my favorite part of like going back and changing things was Kara's uh, character, the Supergirl. I think she was like probably the better portion of like the team up that she that they created. There's a lot of like head nods and wink nudge to all the old Batman stuff, and I don't know personally. I I didn't grow up watching all of the Batman stuff, so. I kind of came in with like, you know, Christian Bale's my Batman, <laughs> right? Like, um, so I can appreciate Michael Keaton, but then when you do things of like George Clooney's in there and stuff like that, like it doesn't do me a huge service of like, oh, whoa, they're wearing their old outfits or like, oh, it's this actor or this character. Like that stuff doesn't really like matter to me. I get that a lot of people probably love that. Um, all in all though, like, I don't know. This was an okay movie. I think, like you said, it's probably in the upper tier of DC. But we'll, like, I don't know what else is up there. It's not like it's a gold mine. I'm still surprised Aquaman was the billion dollar film that it was. Like th- that came out of nowhere to me. I, I want to say that's just because of the actor they got for it and. The timing was kind of right. Like, it, there wasn't so many bad DC movies where you're like, okay, this one can be good, and then obviously it wasn't. But it could be. It's 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 really adored by the by the audience though that one. Um, <clears throat> but speaking on 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 this film, there, there's a lot of stuff that changed with Flash. Um, and as a Warner Brothers film, I I still have friends working. <laughs> In you know in in the industry that are um, pretty closely tied to some of these projects, so I was well aware of some of the stuff that's been going on, like changes wise with this film. Like I don't think it's any secret now, but I think um, the fact that they were trying to get for months uh, Christian Bale to make that cameo at the end instead of it being um, Clooney, they went with Clooney because Christian Bale didn't want anything to do with it. Um, he said he wasn't touching that. So I, I think it would have gotten a really positive response from the crowd. I think if had it been Christian Bale stepping out of that, um, out of that car at the end. There's a lot of things that worked for me for this film, and and I think I still have the same, like I have the same uh, mentality as you when it comes to Ezra Miller, right? I, I think this is the strongest performance I've seen from Ezra Miller as this character. I think he did a phenomenal job, but I find it very awkward to really respond to him, just given all these allegations that are kind of floating out there. Because like this isn't like little petty stuff; it's like monumentally problematic things that he's accused of. So it's hard to dis, you know, separate that from your viewing experience. That being said, I gotta acknowledge his performance. I think this was the best version of Ezra Miller we've seen. As Barry, 
Yeah, he was um, pretty dynamic, and he like played off himself pretty well, which is yeah. really hard to do um, in movies like this. I think like to, hats off to the director Andy Muschietti for this one. He directed the last two It movies uh, that came out. I think those two movies are some of the best films that Warner Brothers have made recently. But I think a lot of this stuff works. Sasha Kaye's uh, Supergirl I think was a great addition to the team. Underused for sure. I wish we had more uh, screen time with her, but then again, I'm not really sure where else they could have fit her in. Um, I also felt the Justice League stuff in the beginning was a little like out of place, but we were supposed to have the full Justice League there in the beginning. We were supposed to have Jason Momoa, uh, Aquaman, Cyborg, Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman. Th- there were scenes shot with these characters in the beginning, and it was supposed to be like the last time that they team up. Um, why I totally forgot that Wonder Woman was there until you yeah. just said that. Like, that well, was such a fleeting moment for me. Right, because it's like it was edited that way. But again, like, I don't want to fault the director with this because, like, knowing the politics with what's going on at Warner Brothers. And I guess just to kind of share it, like, during this whole time, they have been very hesitant to do anything with Flash because the original intention for Flash was to reboot everything. So before the sale to Discovery, uh, their plan was to basically replace Superman with Supergirl and replace Ben Affleck's Batman with Michael Keaton's Batman. Uh, Why? Because they thought that the failure of the DC Universe was squarely the fault of the Batman versus Superman movie. And so they thought distancing themselves from those actors would be the best way to do it which I think shows just how monumentally they un- misunderstand how, why the reactions of those films got where they were. It had nothing to yeah. do with the actors. It had to do with, with story, and it had to do with not seeing a creative vision through. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so this movie has been littered from day one with, with problems. And so then the, the intention was to have that in. That's why they canceled the Batgirl TV show, because that was supposed to be Michael Keaton's Batman guiding Batgirl into forming her own self um for lack of a better term i don't know what the heck they were doing with that <laughs> but th- then we were supposed to have a spin-off with sasha kaya as supergirl which i hope they keep her if they're going to do that supergirl movie they announced uh because i think she did a great job with what she was given um but yeah like things changed a lot for this film i personally thought michael keaton stole every scene he was in I thought he was a great addition to the cast. I think he did well. But yeah, I he, think he again, still got it. He does. That scene where he's taking on the Kryptonians, especially the big guy. Um, and the non-fighting scenes where he is just, he's Bruce Wayne in the yeah. Batcave and whatnot. Like, he's still just, he, he crushes the screen. He picks it back up where, where, he, where he had left off. That fighting scene, though, when they're liberating Kara, that was like, prime comic book Batman level action that I hope we see from these films moving forward. I love the Robert Pattinson stuff too, but that's a very grounded and reality take on Batman, which I think has its place. It's really great. I love it. It's valid. But I think a Batman that lives among these other superhero characters also needs to be a little bit more exaggerated, so I hope they do that for for this new reboot. Um, But yeah, I I thought it was a solid movie. I thought um, the performances were, were, were well done. It's just a shame that it was littered with so much controversy and so much division and uh, and practically no support at all here because 
it, you know, it was just kind of left to rot, I think. And also, again, June is stuffed. Every single week is a new film. Um, but I, I hope that Warner Brothers learns a valuable lesson here and actually gives us some focuses on quality instead of churning out movie after movie, which is the lesson that Marvel's learning right now. Which, thank God, they're pivoting <laughs> at, the, at the moment. So, like, controversy aside, do you think this movie really moves up on the, like, the quality of this movie? Because I feel like even if I put aside all those issues, it's still, to me, the biggest issue is that they're tying in old Justice League stuff, old being, like, this era, and they've already revealed that none of this matters. That's the issue that I think drags this movie down apart from anything. The fact that they went ahead and, and revealed that they're going to reboot the whole thing. Because to me, and we, we talked about this when they announced that whole slate of movies. Like, I'll, let me get excited for that when it comes around. But then I can't, I'm not really all that invested in the movies that are coming up. I don't care about Blue Beetle. I don't care about Flash. I don't care about Aquaman. Not because I really, really generally don't like those characters. But mostly because as a film goer who was promised a shared universe... At this point, I'm kind of like, oh, well, if, I don't want to get attached to this movie. Like, what if I like what they do? And that's the end. That, that's it. You know, we're not going to see these characters anymore. Yeah, that's absolutely the problem. Um, any other, like, thoughts on this? I feel like we, we cruised right through these movies, either because it's been a week or so since we've seen them, or because it's all that they're worth talking about. <laughs> Um, the only thing, the other thing I wanted to touch on with this film was the cameos and stuff that kind of came out of all this. And like, there was a lot of like, w- like little fan service to it. I would have appreciated it a lot more had that CGI actually been finished and not been super, super rushed because it was so utterly distracting. And I did find it a little embarrassing of the studio to come out and say, oh, well, that was intentional. Like, we wanted it to look that way because Barry's moving at super speed. <laughs> and I'm like, well, this looks like he went into like the PlayStation 2 era and was taking out cutscenes for video games then. But we got um, a number of different cameos that I wasn't expecting. We got Adam West's Batman. Right? We got Christopher Reeve's uh, Superman along with the original Supergirl. We got the... The best Superman of all. Nicolas Cage, <laughs> which Twice. was supposed to happen. It was supposed to happen, man. But that was another film that was canceled by Warner Brothers back in the early... No, sorry, the late 90s, early 2000s. Man looked like Con Air out there. (laughs) But honestly, if there's anybody that deserves to play Superman, it's Nick Cage, man. The guy named named his son after Superman. He's the ultimate Superman fanboy. And that documentary, to me, proved that he probably would have played a good character. But he just wasn't... It was just not meant to be. Jeez. Also, Giant Spider. That was kind of that was kind of weird. Giant Spider. He was fighting a giant spider. Like out of all the cameos oh, and stuff, like why yeah. have him fight a giant spider? That was just really random. Yeah, you remember a lot of these details that I just throw away. Is like that was pointless. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, that that's just that's just me, man. I just hang on to the most insignificant details. But yeah, I think the hardest thing with these movies, the other thing that like knocks it down for me is when you come up with these, let's go back in time and change history, and then you 
create your own definition definition of like how physics work of how how like quantum time realms work or whatever like the terminology is like it just is too confusing because it's like i bought into how marvel did it and i bought into how like back to the future did it and this is like we're merging worlds where if you change the past you can't get back to that same future so like i don't know he he did change the past and ended up in a world where george clooney is so does that mean he's also in a world where there's another flash potentially i I take it to mean that now he's stuck in this universe that he created. And the really weird part about this whole thing is the fact that he doesn't seem bothered that, like, he literally changed the essence of who this Batman was. All like because he, he moved some yeah. tomatoes to the top shelf. So one thing about that, though, and this is something that, again, I, I think they, I think all of this is pretty much out, but the fact that 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 last ending was supposed to be radically different when they were planning this to be like a like the end of the Zack Snyder universe. Basically, they were going to use Flashpoint or the Flash to reboot everything, but it was supposed to end with um, Ezra Miller's Flash receiving some sort of like communication that the Bruce Wayne that he knew, the Ben Affleck Batman, was stuck somewhere in the multiverse. And so that's how this would end. And then the next flash would be him trying to find Ben Affleck Batman and bring him back into into the regular timeline. Um, <laughs> well, talking about all this stuff, it's just very evident how like clustered it got and how like why this movie became what it is. Right? Like, I don't think it's a terrible movie. Again, I, I just think that it seems a bit chaotic sometimes. Yeah. Because of the decisions that were made after effect, and, and it's very evident that they cut away things that probably should have been there. Which is a shame. I I like Ben Affleck as Batman. Well, the other thing to tie in too is like, well, I agree. I do actually kind of like. I've come around on liking Ben Affleck in the Batman role. Um, but the other thing to tie in is like, in the Justice League, Flash went back in time and had his head like appear in Bruce's dream, which I guess was actually like reality, and Bruce took it as a dream. That could have been something to tie into here. They were trying to do away with all the Zack Snyder stuff. So I think that they were... That wasn't in Justice League. It was in Batman vs. Superman. Because the Justice League that they take as canon is the one that was made by Joss Whedon where they cut all of that stuff out. Yeah, it's it's all the same to me. It's so confusing, right? Because, like, I don't remember what was what. (laughs) Like, But if you ask me, like, what happened in Winter Soldier versus what happened in, like, Civil War both Captain America movies, but I could tell you the exact, like, you give me a scene description, and I can tell you which movie it is. Like, none of those Marvel movies blend together where it's this, like, soup of content, but DC figured out a way to just be like, it's all one big mess. Enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know what these decisions are, man, anymore, And, and I think that that's the thing that it's a shame. Like, like, I love DC. Like, if you give me a stack of comics, DC and Marvel, I'll probably take DC comics because I like the stories better. But then it just consistently has not been the case on, on the big screen. DC stands for dog crap, in my opinion. <laughs> well, I hope that turns around. I mean, we got I nine know. years to see if it does. We got Superman Legacy coming up. I, I'm, listen, I'm, 
I just want to see them do Superman because like it's ridiculous to me that the one company that has access to all their characters was not using any of them for so long. It it it, it just baffles my mind. <laughs> yeah. Like in the world where Marvel has to share the rights to Spider-Man, their biggest moneymaker with Sony, and they're still making it work. Whereas over here you have Warner Brothers not having that problem. And you can't get a decent, structured, and consistent Batman and Superman franchise. It's just, I I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it at all. Yeah, it's just that they want to be so much darker. But it just doesn't play as well And in the era that we want to consume this content you, you kind of have to bend a little bit to what the fans want you need a more hopeful superman and you need like the only dark brooding character out of the justice league should be batman, batman. because that's yeah. the world he lives in that's it's where we know him to be also can we stop doing this like lasso of truth bit it's wasn't funny the first three times like let's cut it out <laughs> I will say that that's something where I, I miss Zack Snyder's take on because he didn't he didn't get into that in the Justice League that he made, nor the Batman vs Superman movies that came in the Joss Whedon version of Justice League, and for some reason it just kept being a bit afterwards. Yeah, it's offensive to Wonder Woman. <laughs> <All right. laughs> But that's all sure. my thoughts. I, I I don't think I could really talk about anything else without <laughs> repeating the same things. I think. No, I'm, yeah, I don't think we have to go into crazy detail on this because it doesn't deserve it. We're better than it. You know what is the crazy detail that we should be getting into? Hit me. Books. Books. Yeah. Local library. Get your public library card. <laughs> if you're in New leaders. York, get your Spider-Man public library card. <laughs> readers are leaders. Go they out there are. and get a book. They are. And judging from the... Uh... And then throw it at a nerd and turn on Fortnite. Crank <laughs> some 90s on them. <laughs> <laughs> so, random question on that. Are you? Do you carry minis or do you carry the big jugs? I carry minis until the island exposes itself. And then I swap to the mythic slurp. Oh. See, I I always go for the for the big jugs. I don't... As soon as too I, long. It takes too long to heal. That's what people tell me. I don't know. It's just, it's. I carry You're, nothing it, but those big ones. I I kind of would agree with you though with my playstyle where it's like I don't get in enough fights where I'm like I have enough time for one and a half seconds to heal. Like <laughs> I I'm either winning this fight or I'm losing this fight, and then I have plenty <laughs> of time after. <laughs> I can't. I I have to do the big checks. But anyway, anyway it's something about bring <laughs> six to to three that just feels like. I'm winning. I'm getting a winning deal on that. Because you can chug up to three? Well, you can carry six minis. Oh, you can only carry three bags. Yeah, but it doesn't really serve you all that much because you can go only go up to 50 with them. So what? I'll slay some bots and pick up their heels. The nerds <laughs> that carry around three bags. <laughs> You'll find the player like me. Just... I'll stomp you. <laughs> now, that I'm, now that I'm talking about this, I just want to hop off and and get some games in. Dude, I'm about to also. <laughs> I've I've been slacking this season. I'll catch you in the uh in the metaverse, man. Yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> let, let's jump in there. Let's let these listeners go though. They've been listening to us talking yes. about Fortnite. Shout out to all the Ukrainians <laughs> listening to us. Yes, we're with you. Loyal listeners there. Only <laughs> in spirit and only in content, really. Oh yes, yes, of course. 
So we'll keep it coming. We'll watch these crap movies for you. <laughs> Who knows? Indiana Jones next, or I, I don't know what we're tackling next, but it's it's gonna be something. We've got Oppenheimer coming up. We got we gotta cover a Secret Invasion also. We can't Secret get away invasion. from that. It secretly uh, invaded my life because I had no idea that it was out until earlier this we, week. We should do some Marvels prep for Miss Marvel. Oh, yeah, or whatever that one's called, the Marvels. The Marvels in November, I think, though. Yeah, there and was another Soka. one too. The um, it was a prequel, the Mockingjay prequel. Oh, to uh, to 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 Hunger Games, Hunger Games, right? Yeah, that looks really good. I just want Jennifer Lawrence to get another movie out of that. She franchise. does have one out right now. Yeah, but that's not Hunger Games. Although I heard it's a good movie, though. I, didn't I, hear I bet good. they eat something. <laughs> <laughs> that movie looks silly. Yeah. Silly. All right. Hey, let's get out of the booth, man. All right. <laughs> Everybody out there who's still listening, thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening.